sometimes when you're in a group, there are people who just take over the conversation and they will speak over others. They will speak loudly to ensure they're heard. They will dance on the table to make sure they're seen. And there's usually one or two people sitting in that group who are not going to do that, but who every time they open their mouth, they command this attention from the people that are around them. And you know that if they're going to talk, they're going to have something important to say. And that's one of the things that I value about my guest today, Nancy Sorelli from Elite Legal. This is a conversation that, my friends, you definitely don't want to miss. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Nancy, thank you so much for taking time out of your unbelievably busy schedule to join us today. Thank you, Sheila. I'm honored to be asked to do this podcast with you today. Well, I've been wanting you on here for a while. I think I've asked a couple of times, so I'm just happy you said yes. Nancy, we have not worked together for a couple of years now, but one of the things when we did work together, and I'll get to my first question in a minute, was what a valuable contributor you were to any group that you were a part of in your quiet and calm and confident way. You just had this ability to uplift the room whenever you spoke. And so I just wanted to acknowledge you and thank you for that. And tell me a little bit, how did Elite Legal come to be Elite Legal? How did you get started in this whole racket? Well, it it started many years ago when I first started working as a legal secretary for a lawyer. And then I had my children very young. So I didn't want to put them in daycare and go into the office. So I started just working for from home for myself. And back then, lawyers didn't let files out of the office or there was no online programs to do to do the files. So it was like print and deliver, print and deliver and phone calls. And so it started with a lawyer that I had worked for before that knew me and trusted me and wanted to work with me when he had a clerk go off on stress leave. That's really how it started. I would start by faxing lawyers my like information sheet, making cold calls, and just built my business from from that. Did you have a background as a legal secretary or as a, a law clerk? Yeah, I did. I went to Toronto School of Business for like eight months and did the legal assistant course and then worked for a couple of years and then was home with my kids. So I, I, worked from home by myself and I took the law clerk courses over the next five to 10 years through Sheridan and evening classes to get my actual law clerk degree. That's incredible. And so, you know, the fact that you started and, you know, I remember not having internet, like I remember those ads, you know, put AOL on your computer, you can look for dinosaurs, book a plane ticket. Like I remember the ad clear as can be. But what amazes me is, you know, you started in such a 
personal and one-on-one way and you've expanded it and adapted to this completely online entity where you don't go into anybody's office, everything is done electronically and virtually. How did you evolve your business to match the technology that was coming? Well, you have to stay with the times really to, to stay relevant in your business and you have to be able to grow and shift to be able to, to provide the service that makes sense at the time. And so far I've been able to do that. And you surround yourself with people that are also interested in learning how to do these new things and new programs. And there was a point in time where I had bought an office and we had the program it was all desktop version and, and we were all networked. I had a server. We went that route. And then you know, 10 years later, it's on the cloud. So, you know, we disable all that and then we go all remote. So it just really, I think you just have to stay with, you know, what, what is the needs of your clients and, and be able to be flexible and, and change how you, how you do things. Otherwise you may end up finding yourself unhirable or, or just irrelevant in, in the space that you're working in. Yeah. I think that's so important. That, pe- that piece of irrelevant, I think is, it can, it's such a, a harsh word. But at the same time, like I think it's so true, you know, if we're not able to adapt and pivot, we are going to become irrelevant and it is going to affect our bottom line. How did you go from those one-on-one reach out, starting with the one client to really getting the momentum going where you had a growing practice? I know you grew quite quickly. How did you make that shift to really get the momentum going? Honestly, it was probably when I was coaching with you, to be honest. You know, I'd struggle so much with doing the work on files and I, I battled that guilt for many years of, of not doing, contributing in a way that I'm actually physically doing files, which was my comfort, comfortable place, as well as managing the business and growing the business. So I was like shifted my mindset from there. And I have like, I have a website and we were kind of unique because even though there's a lot of law clerks that are now, especially from the pandemic, working from home and doing remote work from lawyers, we are like, you know, a team of people that can handle the files from start to finish. And if someone's sick, there's backup. And I think the lawyers find comfort in that, knowing that they're not relying on one person. So yeah, so that's really where the growth took off was when I, when the, the, the program went onto the cloud and I didn't have to limit myself to having people physically in my office or physically log into a computer. And then the second, like I could hire people from all over. I have client clerks that work for me in, in Oshawa and just all over Ontario. So I'm able to also attract really good, good clerks mm-hmm. because the people that want to work with us, you know, they come highly, highly skilled, highly recommended and they want the flexibility work from home. So I really have been able to attract really good people, which is huge. Well, I think it's sort of the one of the keys. And, you know, I think what you're saying is so important to so many business owners of, you know, you started this business by, you know, actually doing all the files yourself. Mm-hmm. You then got to capacity and you couldn't take on any more files. So then you brought someone on, but you were still working full time on files and she eventually became full time too. But then there was never any time to work on the business and to do implement all of those systems that you needed. So you could essentially scale. What were some of the systems that you implemented? So let let me just rephrase the question. So first, you had to step out. (laughs) We had to remove you from the day-to-day. And then what were some of the systems that you put in place to enable the process? And I know for you, one of the biggest pieces was maintaining the quality of work that goes out your door. Mm -hmm. How, How did you make that shift? What did you put into place? I have a really good 
clerk slash friend, Jen, who works with me and she's worked with me forever. And so her, she's really good for me to bounce ideas off of and to kind of help me navigate through being a worker alongside everyone and also being the business owner. So she, she always helps me with that. And we sit down and go through like streamlining processes. We have checklists and, you know, this is, this is the, you know, we have a new person come on board. We have, this is the process. Like it's a little bit different than some of the lawyer's offices. I have a separate person that does one, like opens files. We have a separate person that does reporting and that's their job. And then the, the main clerks, the processes are the same. So if you're going into a file for one of many of our lawyers, you know, you're going to see everything in the same layout, the same, the same, you know, just the same setup. And really it's just a trial and error. And as far as work quality, I've struggled with that in the past when I've had the wrong fit of a clerk with us, but I found that the clerks that I have now, I don't have to, you know, we do spot checks on files, but we don't have to micromanage them. They're, they're very skilled and talented and work directly with the lawyers. So that's, that's a real relief for me. You know, that speaks to your hiring practice. When you're talking about the quality of people that come in and you've mentioned it twice now, but it's, it's all about the quality of the people that are on your team. What do you do other than being cutting edge, innovative, you know, first to market with a lot of these different entities when it comes to your business? How do you attract that top talent? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew. You know what? When we work with, we're always working with another lawyer's office or another clerk's office or, you know, so you do get to know people on the other, other side of files. So, you know, we don't want to work with, and it really is a small community of people at the end of the day. We have a Facebook group where we have maybe five or 600 people, the law clerks in there. And we always post in there for, we're hiring to start. I also like just put my feelers out to people I know. And then I do a quick interview with them. It's, it's a very short process, to be honest, just to get a feel for how they work and, and their answers. And then I call their references and, you know, I've had a few people that didn't quite work out. Other than that, we've, I've been really lucky, not good and watched. And I've also people recommend, like Jen recommended a, someone she worked with that was really, really good. And she came on board and I've had another hire this the end of last year or last year who recommended another person she worked with. So we kind of bring in people that have worked with other people that, and if they're going to recommend them, if they're really good, then, you know, it says a lot. We've been lucky. To be honest, that who do you know? Yeah. Who do you know who game? Yeah. Which is what I call it, you know, putting it out and saying, Hey, who do you know who would be a great, you know, legal clerk or who do you know who does marketing? Who do you know who? I think that that using and leveraging your network is one of the best ways to attract top talent. But I think that must be just what it is. Seems like it's easy, but it, it does come down to we've been in this business a long time and know a lot of people. And people know lots too. So we, ha- our reputation is good out in the field. I'm sure maybe that helps as well. And also, you know, there was once upon a time where I was like, who's ever going to want to work for me? It's so risky to work for me. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know what a lawyer makes. I make, you know, a portion of that. Who's going to want to leave a full-time job for a lawyer to work full-time for me? And that was my thinking for a long time. And then there, there just was a point in time where like, no, I do a business. <laughs> I am doing well. Like I, I can afford to pay clerks the same as a lawyer pays them. And I think that just comes with the management that style that I have. 
it's worked out. It's worked out well. It's taken me a long time to get to this point. I'll be honest, but mm-hmm. once you make that shift in your thinking, I think it really helps. Well, I think that that's a huge shift. <laughs> to me. You know, who would want? Because often we're hiring for jobs that we don't ourselves want to do, and you sort of mm-hmm. think, well, you know, for example, bookkeeping. I absolutely would rather gouge my eyeballs out than do data entry into QuickBooks. And Kim, who does my bookkeeping, she's terrific at it. And she loves it. She loves numbers, loves data. And it brings her great joy. And, you know, you talked about that guilt of letting go of part of the fulfillment process and doing the files. What were some of the pieces? What were some of the things that you did to help you let go of that guilt? How did you make that shift? First, I want to say do a bookkeeper. (laughs) as well. And I did hire someone to do invoicing, which was a huge part of what I did. And it took me a long time. No. And it took me a long time to to get everything out of my head into her because I knew how to do everything. And and I know this lawyer, I church this way. So it took a long time to get somebody on boarded for that. It just, it's opened up a lot of space for me because that took up a lot of my time. I think the piece here that's so important is that you let you had to get it all out of your head to be able to have somebody else do it. And I think that piece and that commentary alone is what stands in the way of 99.9% of business owners that I see who are trying to make that shift to build the team. We know how we what we know what we do and we know how it goes and we know what happens because we just do it because we've been doing it for years. And to be able to articulate that and build a process with someone else, did you hand her the steps of how to do the invoicing or did you work simultaneously? How did you get that all out of your head? That was a huge undertaking. On my She picked it up fast. It's just I knew everything in my head and no one else knew how I did it. So I gave her, here's how I do mostly. And then it's like, oh, but this, I do this and this, I do this. And, and it came out like it had to be pulled out of me. I think I, I needed her to pull that out of me. And if she ever leaves me, I hope she has notes. <laughs> well, I think that that's a, that's a great point. Like, let's have the people who work for you actually create the process documents so that, you know, in, yeah. in case of emergency. And so the question was dealing about the guilt of, letting other people do that which makes you money. Yes. I struggle with this still. And like I've I've said to you, and I, I do a lot of personal coaching and business coaching. It, it helps me see things clearly. I, in order to move forward and grow, I just need to talk to someone who can kind of make me see things a different way. And you don't always get that from the people that you're working with. So, so being pulled into files was a the biggest challenge for me. And I mean, I would still, I'd say like as of today, like I don't have any interest in doing it anymore. Whereas I used to find comfort in doing that. And it could be because I also have my real estate license where, you know, I want to focus my learning on that. I have enough people now that I think that maybe is what it is. There's more people now that if they're, if people are busy, they help each other. And we're kind of, I'm trying to, to have an environment where they can work together and, and help each other and build a team amongst them. For getting the work done without me having to jump in and say, okay, I'll do this file. And so I would obviously do it if I needed to, but it's been really wonderful to see that, that people can really connect with each other, gel it and support each other. Yeah. And that I have a part in that. So well, like, yeah, you also got to step out, but your job is to build the container and then their job is to create what's within the container. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what you, 
I just want to pull out something that you said quite casually. You said, now I have my real estate license. But truth of the matter is, once you were able to pull yourself out of the day-to-day, you then all of a sudden had time to dig into another passion of yours. Tell us a little bit about how you started with real estate, how that all came to be. Tell us about that. It's always been in the back of my mind that, you know, one day I'm going to get my real estate license. I really want to see what that's about. And and I know a lot about real estate from the legal aspect. So, you know, maybe I'll do really well at it. And it's not that easy, <laughs> but I, I am liking it. I When I first started, I'm like, I'm going to give myself two years to see if I like it because it's the same. It's, it's real estate, but it's a whole other side of real estate. So I felt like I was starting from scratch again and my confidence was just not there. So, you know, I knew I'd like two years and then once I feel more confident, I'll continue to build that business as well. So I'm over two years now and I feel, I feel way more confident than I did, but you know, I'm still, I'm still like, you know, give it two more years and I'll have that drive to really build this business. But to be honest, having worked on Elite for so many years and do everything from the, the ground up, I'm enjoying being part of a team in, in real estate and not having to worry about the website and an elite generation. And if I need to go on holidays, I have people to back me up. So, so I could build that business, you know, how I did with elite on my own and hire and, and do all that. But I just, at the, at the moment, I am quite happy to be a part of the team and not the team leader. Have you taken any lessons of being a part of the team? with real estate back to leading your team with Elite Legal? I probably do. I can't think of specific examples at the moment. It Being part of the team is also very independent. I feel like it's more independent than what I'm used to. Being part of Elite, it's, it's like I'm part of the day-to-day. And with real estate, you're in a team, but you're also very individual. You build your own business. So even though you are part of the team, you're building your own business. So, I mean, the team... The team meetings and, you know, we do the odd team lunch and stuff. But I look forward to, I look forward to listening to people talk about building their business. And maybe that is where I, I get the enjoyment of because we're all individual business owners. So to hear other people talk about, you know, their, their, you know, struggles and their achievements just gets my creativity going when it comes to building business because like I love business so much. You've always yeah. said that. I just love, I love strategy and I love all that part. And. With the changing market right now, even though, you know, it's it's more, you know, a bit stressful with the real estate market, the strategies that we need to implement to, to help people sell and buy, I, like, I love that for everything. So it just, it feels good. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, two more questions and then I'm going to let you go. Sure. The first question is, what do you know now that you wished you had known when you started your entrepreneurial journey? Pick, well, it really was pick your clients, the people that you want to work for and charge, charge enough. Charge, charge enough. You know, you, at first you're scared and you want business. So you, you, I think you lower what your value is and it's really hard to get out of that. I mean, even now I should probably raise my prices, but I'm hesitant. I had that conversation today with someone. She says, but I don't want to, I'm nervous about raising my rates. And, you know, I use the example of my car. Like I just filled my car up on the weekend it was $124 to fill. My lifetime highest gas fill price was 97 I know. Mine was like 120 something as well. And I'm like, yeah. what the heck? Well, this is what I'm saying. Like when we're talking about having to raise our prices, the cost of living is up. 
20%. So we kind of need to be mirroring the evolution of it's probably uh, a good time to do it. Actually, this is the time to do it because we're going to, if we don't, we're going to find that we don't actually, we're not making enough to be able to stay in business. And I think that's a, you know, when you talk about pricing, that's a key piece of, of the puzzle is it's not just working to be able to pay you. You got to pay the company. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one of somebody asked me the other day, what's the biggest lesson I've learned? And, and one of them is running a company is actually really expensive. It costs a lot and it's under underestimated the cost. Yeah, it, 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 you know what? It probably is when you go back and look, but I think because I've gotten to a point where there's a tipping point, like there's a point where you barely make ends meet and then you get to like the next little level where you're like, okay, now I'm a bit more comfortable and I, I feel a little, it's like you have more people, but it just brings in a little bit more where it feels a little more, more stable. So I'd like to think that. I should increase my prices to make it even more stable for them to feel like, okay, I've got a good stable job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which like gives that peace of mind as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just numbers. They're just data, right? Yeah. It's right. I think it's just telling everybody and implementing it. It's just a big deal. Like, like it's, you know, and then having people be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I assume they're going to be like negative about it. Maybe they'll. Well, I think people surprise us. And every time we raise our price, I think there's always going to be attrition. There's always going to be people who drop off. And they're usually people you don't, you're not sad to see go, quite frankly. Well, yeah, the 80-20 and all that. Yeah. <laughs> I read many, 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 many business books, I'll be honest. I love it. Now, tell me what's next for you, Nance. Well, we had a lot of growth last year in our 2019. No, 2020, 2021 year. And then this year, I'm going to, it's going to be about the same. And I like, I'm still debating. Am I going to grow further? Am I going to focus on real estate? I've got a couple of properties as well, commercial properties that, you know, we have. So, you know what? I, at the moment, I'm focusing on more relationships, relationships with my own family, my children, and just, you know, trying to learn how to, to not work all the time. And that's hard as well. Because when you spend a lot of time being busy with work and you're not as busy and you have some free time, you don't really, well, I don't really know, like, what am I supposed to do this time? And I'm at an age in my life where I'm like, hey, what's the next 10, 20 years going to look like? And so I'm exploring that right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. The <laughs> kids aren't as little as they used to be. They don't need us and anymore. Well, they still need us. Don't get me wrong, but not as much. And you know, I think it's tricky when you're somebody, and I think we're quite similar this way, where our business provides so many of our, really our essential needs, you know, variety, connections, security, certainty, growth, contribution, all of those things. It provides everything. And, but I hear you. I think when you're women like us and, you know, our, our, our businesses provide and give us so much satisfaction and fulfillment. It is really important for us to also be seeing where we can get that same fulfillment outside of work. And you're right. It is an exploration and it is a journey. Mm-hmm. Because I do get, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's stressful. You know, like you said, you meet people, you connect with people, you collaborate, you feel satisfaction. I mean, my business has helped put three of our kids to university and, you know, also it's, it's, been a part of us or part of our life, my life for so long, you know, but it's like, what's next? Do I want to keep like focusing on that? Do I want to focus on something else? I don't know. We'll see. Well, lots of irons in the fire. So lots of opportunities sitting at your fingertips. Yep. That's for sure. It's fine. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the journey. And, you know, I think your honest 
reflection on the scaling and what it's like is so going to be so helpful to others who want to do the same. And I know that people are going to want to connect with you and find out and learn more about you. Where should we be sending them? Well, I can give you my email address. Nancy Meehan Sorelli on Facebook. I've got Nancy Sorelli, a real estate agent. <laughs> I didn't have to look at all the different, at all my different ones, but yeah, they can, they can reach me through you and chill. <laughs> I love it. We will put all of those links down in the show notes. Amazing. Well, Nancy, thank you for your time today. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout-out on an upcoming episode, and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to 7 Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.